0: Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. But the thing is, it never ends because, you know, there is a principle that I am amazed more people Uh, in life have not accepted. (laughs) And and, and this is in every area of your life, grow or die, you know, run or rust. And uh, you're going to, you know, you retire. Now you're bored. Now you're going to try, you know, it's just like, it's it's always going, if you're going to grow, you're going to have those challenges. If you're going to scale, okay, great. Well, if you scale up, and you did it right. Well-run companies grow, so you're yeah. going to have to scale again. You know yeah. what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, you're either you're contracting or expanding, and, and yeah. it's really there's no in between. It's like it's it's right. one of the other. Yeah, and yeah. one of the
0: things that why you need outside help from time to time is the fact that a lot of times the people that are on the ground level that see the things that need to be done don't have the authority. To speak up and they certainly don't have the authority to come in and make a change and bring in this, that, and the other. And they know if they squeak too much, uh, the squeaky wheel does, you know, doesn't get the grease, the squeaky wheel gets fired, you know. Yeah. And yeah. uh the uh, you know, just look at the history of whistleblowers in the country. And sure. so the thing is in all this, and everything, and so uh if you go in there and you see things, you're at a level where you see stuff where you're more likely to see things because they're they're breaking down, they're not working, and realize we need this, this, this. Chances are that's a couple layers of management above you, and the person is in that position is already covered up with another hundred things they've got to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's right. And you're lucky to even get their time. You yeah. know, at yeah. uh, one time I talked to uh, uh, the CEO of our company. You know, and I long decades ago did I stop feeding in a steady stream of new ideas and suggestions to him. I just gave up. But he said, he said, Larry, let me explain this to you. He said, even when you give me an idea that I love, he said, it'll take me 18 months to get it installed. Yeah. By the time I get it through all the departments and the legal, it doesn't always change the procedures, yeah. and the, you know. And so there's a, a lot of times when uh, you bring in an outside uh, consultant or an outside person, they're empowered, right, with the idea to be able to get everybody's attention, make the suggestions be taken seriously, and much more likely to be in uh, uh, able to get the change implemented because the problem has already been recognized. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times when you bring it up, you're trying to say, this is a problem. This is this is what it is. But when they bring you in, they've already recognized this is a problem and you're the solution. So they're not geared up. The psychology of that is not to fight you and know you guys are full of crap, you know, stay out. You know, uh, and so they're more likely to be receptive and say, you know, give you time to explain uh, what you're talking about and actually get it implemented. How hard is it to go into the big companies and get these things implemented
1: initially it was very hard uh initially you know when we were first winning winning new logos and getting new customers uh it was very tricky we kind of had to we kind of had to force our way in you know like you know you have to be brave you got to be able to call people and get through and get to top people and and kind of sell your way through but i noticed over uh more and more years here that we have a good reputation, you know, and we really obsess over stellar products and a world-class customer experience. We talk about that internally all the time. and after a while, people talk, you know, and so it's like we have a really good reputation, but you also have to be brave enough to like go and call and reach out to help that person and then and then prove yourself, you know and and we going back to what you just said, like the execution prime, what we're really talking about is idea is one thing, execution is the other thing. And you know, after a while, when you prove yourself, as someone who can execute and who can solve this challenge or help yeah. solve this problem, you know it is a sigh of relief for a lot of companies because we're all begging for that, right? Like, thank yeah. God. You have somebody who has an idea, but also who can execute. And I think yeah. that um, that's a big part of what we what we're doing. And we get a lot of feedback and praise on that exact point. We survey customers after every single project and every single thing we're doing. We're always getting feedback. Um, and talk
0: about feedback. Talk about running off of feedback to solve the problem. And yeah. after you've implemented, talk about feedback.
1: Yeah. So, we, I mean, I've always been very ambitious. I've, the companies that I've loved have had a great customer experience or a great customer service culture. And I'm a finicky customer myself. And so I've thought about what I look for. So, early days with Richter, we really put in little sort of checkpoints to, Get information from the customer and kind of like, how are we doing? And you know, you know, sometimes people say, "Oh, it's great," but what we really often try and push for is where we, where can we get some negative content? Where can we get some negative feedback and get something where we can actually improve and we can actually get better, yeah, and make the experience better for them. And it's okay because we have thick skin; we're not going to be insulted. I right. want. To make a world-class customer experience, I want to have a company that when they interact with us, it's a pleasure to work with us. So we've always we've had little points in the process where we're getting feedback from them and we're sort of encouraging that feedback. and um and i, I think every company could could put could could do that. I, I've often said to people also, just on this line, I, I've said, you know think about five the last five incredible companies that you that you work with that had a stellar customer experience. and I don't know what you think about, but I know that it's actually difficult to come up with five in many right. cases. And, yeah. right. and when you think about that, you think, wow, that's amazing. Um, there's so few great, great companies that have delivered a stunning customer experience. Right. And when you get that right, it stands out. Yeah. Um, and so there's an element of like, in order to get that, you got to figure out what the feedback is. You got to You got to fix those things that make people upset and frustrated. And, you know,
0: for a company on the way up uh how important what are things you know like I feel like probably feedback and uh is a a way of implementing earlier than you uh maybe thought about doing, but you know systematizing it uh sure. where uh you, it's a regular thing it's not a sporadic type thing, but how do you how how would you uh from your trip up the ladder and i'm sure it's in your book too but uh what would you what can people learn about making a positive uh experience uh for their customers what are the you know like the biggest one two three things well like I, if they want to be in that thing a company that's thought of as you know oh those you know like yeah i just went through it with an interior designer right now and i'll tell you it's like yes You know, I'm very skeptical early on, you know, some of the things a person had graded on me a little bit, this, that, and the other, and then one thing and another. But then all of a sudden, no, I'm in, you know, I do the next five projects with her, you know. And so, uh, you know, after going through the thing is like, she's proven. And so uh, to get to that point,
1: uh, how, where do people blow it? Well, I think, I think it's two things. Um, I think one is you got to talk to your customers. Yeah. You know, simple. I mean, right. you know, really everything does boil down to a simple solution. Like you can overthink it and get a little bit too complex. But right. fundamentally, you have, to cu- you have to talk to your customers. And you have to understand your customers and you have to ask questions. Yeah. So you got to ask questions from the customer. And then secondly, you got to sort of dummy run it, right? Like you got to be the customer yourself. Uh-huh. And create the own the flow from one from the start to the end and go through it yourself and and look at what what does that experience feel like? And one yeah. of the things we did early days was we we made Richter a customer of Richter. And okay. so just treat it exactly like a customer and, and and do the exact work that we do for our customers, but for Richter, and then and then follow it along and find the areas where it's frustrating. And one of the things in more recent years, in the last bunch of years, one thing I realized, for example, was I was in the airport and and uh, I was I got a baggage fee and and I was like, Boy, I hate fees. I just hate fees. Yeah, like even right. if it's, it doesn't matter what it is. I just right. don't. And um, I was like, man, I wish it was just baked into the thing. And I don't want to have to pull out the card or do anything. Right. And we did have some fees for like edit fees and different things like that. So then that was another thing where I was like, I hate fees. They probably hate fees. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. Um, so we got rid of fees, and sure enough. The feedback after doing that was like, people were like, oh, thank God, I hated that. It was such a nuisance. It was yeah. a small fee, but they added up and it was a nuisance to PO and get approved. But yeah. they weren't saying it. They weren't telling us, per se. Uh, so it was kind of, a, kind of an example of like sort of dummy running it myself, me being the customer and kind of going yeah. through and going, I hate those or I hate this. And always looking at the process of like, what would make it better? What would make it better? So I think it's a combination of talking to the customer and then also kind of being the customer.
0: Yeah, that is really, really good uh, insight. And there's no reason even small companies can't do that, right? I mean, you 100%. can. Yeah, and uh, that's where you know that's where the logic comes in of a small company like you. You know, you take your product and you go to your relatives, families, and friends and see how they use it, get their feedback, and you know. Uh, but anyway, when you go out there, did you? Is this business more competitive than you thought it would be,
1: um, or is it just unlimited uh, opportunity out there? I do think there's a huge amount of opportunity, and I, I do I, I i rarely think about competition. To be honest, um, yeah. I I'm so just focused on what we're doing. I really think right. about it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And it, it, you you haven't seen it come up. Uh, do you pay attention to? The leaders in your industry to to kind of cherry pick ideas uh things they're doing and uh that you know for models for what 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 do you lock into i think i know the answer on this because we're going to go to your book here in a minute but (laughs) what do you what do you go to uh for uh improvements you know
1: Okay, so yeah, I do not pay attention to what competition is doing for ideas because I think if you do that, you're always going to be behind. Yeah. Um, I we talk to our customers and what, when you talk to the customer you're having sales calls or any type of right. calls you got to ask a lot of questions and when you have those questions you're going to have opportunity to solve problems and you have to be very good at solving problems so you, a lot of your product ideas and service ideas are going to be coming from talking to customers and understanding the challenges and problems they're dealing with and right. from that it's going to you're going to have ideas the other thing i'm just going to say which is kind of random but i i run every day and i go for a run at the end of the day and and it often you know frees me up and I, I think about a lot of ideas when i run and and then i come back and do stuff you know and and yeah. I, I don't know i i don't know what to say other than there's definitely a correlation to sort of extroverting yeah. and then and, and then and then diving in right yeah. and i think things like running can be a great way to sort of generate ideas, and I tell people I think you should be generating ideas every day because it's kind of something where it's like you condition yourself to be able to problem solve and be able to come up with ideas. Have your moleskin, you know, have your moleskin, have a journal, write ideas, force yourself to do that, and after a while, it it you know it'll just come to you. You know, more and more will come to you. Well, and what I tell people
0: is like. You don't have to improve enough. Right now, you're not challenged with improving for the rest of your life and uh, to be 10 times bigger. You know, all you should be focused on as a leader right now is how can you keep growing? Yeah. And so you look usually that's related, in my experience, to bottlenecks. If you've got a business that's flowing, that's successful, as it swells up, usually doesn't swell up equally across, you know, uh uh and so wherever the bottleneck is, try and deal with that, you know, make yeah. that better. And then yeah. the bo- then then the flow, then it backs up at another. Pl- well yeah. then fix that, you know. Yeah. But if if you're improving by one tenth of a percent a month, yeah. even that's gonna add up huge over a month. Yeah. But if you're improving one percent a month, hundred percent you, you know like and and like you were saying there's Big companies, there's all kind of areas, all kind of departments. Well, yeah. in every company, there's all kind of things you do yeah. that that have to be done. Yeah. And pretty much everything you can do, you do can probably be done a little bit better. 100%. You don't have to do a lot better, but it's just like how could, you know? And it's like you fall into the quicker, faster, better uh, uh, models. Like what would be quicker? What would be that? Because that makes it more fun. Well, you know, yeah. the one way, even routine business. Uh, you know, every kind of exciting activity is going to have some element of repetitive routine in it. You know? Sure. And the way you keep the excitement up is to uh, increase your efficiency, get your times down. And they ask, uh, uh, like Mia Hamm, she was the big uh, uh, soccer. female uh, soccer player, University okay. of North Carolina and the Olympics and everything. And she would have it like you got your mole skin there. They said, "What did you do?" on your, like, May 10th, you know, 76 or whatever like that. She went and got the journal out, and this, that, and the other. This was the off-season, okay? This was off-season where she said, I did eight 50-yard sprints. I did this, that, and the other. She, she had, like, 12 things down like that. And what she was trying to do is she was challenging herself, you know, to refine her technique because uh, – but specific things to work on, uh, so that would get better. Even Sting, you know, the uh, not Sting, but uh, Slash, the guitarist, he was talking about, you know, he's, he looks like a big clown, but actually, you know, he's not a big clown. You know, he works at playing the guitar. He loves it. But he said he was playing one riff on YouTube, and he said, somebody showed me this, and he said, for the life of me, I could not play this, this uh, riff. You know, he said... But, you know, the next day I could. And he said, now I use it as warm-up every day.
1: Wow. Yeah, and I think, I think many of the greats are like that. You know, when you study enough greats, whether it's the Mia Ham or the Slash or the, you know, whoever, uh, generally speaking, that, that is the trend. They are like that. They're constantly trying to improve. They're try, constantly trying to get better. It doesn't matter, you know, how much money, how much fame. None, none of that really matters. It's really the pursuit of greatness, the pursuit of improvement, the pursuit of getting better. And um, it's like Nike says, there is no finish line. You know, and and so that's what's true for me as well.
0: And it's one thing to stay in the game, but it's another thing to stay in the game and enjoy it and to be, you know, it's where you're refreshing yourself. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at WhiteAllOnWinning.com. Thanks for listening.